We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Well, Vince, are you ready for rapid fire? Woo! Are we there already? We Thanks. are, baby. It's already <laughs> six forty-five. I just looked at the clock. I'm like, that man, we're flying through this thing here. Today. That is nuts. I, I, no. I was texting you earlier. I was like, I think we got enough, you know, to get through the first segment. Apparently, we did. <laughs> I know. Good to go. <laughs> so, do you buy or sell Super Bowl Fifty-Eight as the best Super Bowl ever? <sighs> See, okay. Let's let's peek behind the curtain here a little bit. Uh, you and I have known each other for a very, very long time. And right. <laughs> going on 20 years, it'll be 20 years this year. It will be. It'll be 20 years this fall slash summer. I had hair that looked more like yours when we first met. And I've got a ton of gray. And it's, oh, get my, I got my hair cut the other day and I had so much gray hair in my lap. I was like, oh. Anyway, um, so one of the things that you first learned about me before we were friends is that I'm terrible with trivia. Okay. True. Terrible. Terrible. True. And the that, history buff is bad at sports yeah, history. Really somehow. bad. Some really bad. And so it affects like my like it's my memory of sporting events. To be perfectly you're honest, you're Mike Greenberg. You. Like you're like you're you know <laughs> is he bad? Recent, up recency too? bias. Like yes, you're okay. caught up in recency bias. Yes. basically. Like so the latest thing this, is the greatest thing. Kind of I, thing. I have watched the Super Bowl like every year since I was like ten years old. Right. I got nothing like, but 
I was starting to think about this and I didn't even Google it or anything, but the first one that came to mind was the new England comeback. What was right. Atlanta, which was the like, first overtime game that, that just right. a few years ago, like right. that was a pretty exciting game to watch. Right. So right. that's gotta be up there, but just from a back and forth, I, I was Seahawks, very the, into this game. The, the Seahawks Patriots, you know, with the interception at the goal line, at the goal line. handing off to beast mode and the whole great thing. That ending. was a great Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely a great ending. It, it's up there. It's probably top five. I think the only thing that would prevent it from being at the top is the lack of offense. It, now, the defense played great. I mean, that's part of it. Right. But like. In it this wasn't day, the most huge. entertaining game for the right. balance of the game. Like, yes, late fourth yes. quarter and into overtime, it became a very entertaining right. game. But as we were kind of texting, it's like field goals and punting. Yeah. You know? It's like there I, wasn't a whole lot of action. Yeah. I, otherwise. I, I tweeted about this, right? I re- I quoted a tweet. Somebody put out there like this, is like kickers and punters are loving this game. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sitting next to my son and he is loving this game. Like we're, you know, Super Bowl records were broken on field goals. Punters were just booming the ball. I mean, he was loving it, right? As in this day and age in 2024 with all like the betting and everything, it's all offensive stats, Sean. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm looking at like the legs of the parlays that like I put together and everything. And the little <laughs> meters that show you like how far you've gotten are like so low because there was just no offense in the first half. I mean, it was just nothing. And it was like, this sucks. <laughs> There's just nothing to get excited about from a betting standpoint. And since I didn't have a dog in the fight per se, it was like, come on, man, give me something. And it was just too little too late from an offensive standpoint. So yeah, but it was a from a just a watching a football game standpoint, it was it it was thrilling. It was it came down to the wire, obviously, Close with and overtime. Yeah. I mean, you can't ask for much more than that. Yeah. So I it would probably it top the, five. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, that like you're basically splitting hairs when you start talking about sure. was it the and like, you know, all the stuff that you're talking about is like, I don't know how many times. There'll be a close game, and my dad, you know, like we'll be talking afterwards and go, oh, great game. And I'm like, well, great finish. I don't know if it was yeah. a great game, you know, that sure. kind of thing. And that's it. I did feel like it got better, at least as you started to see a little bit of scoring. And then, you know, like, okay, what's this team going to do? You know, yeah. like the block extra point was was a big event, obviously. You know, and it it, it, it turned out to be a, a pretty crucial event, as it turned out, when the Chiefs blocked that extra point, you know. No and then. Kidding. You know, the there were just there were a lot of little things. The muff punt, obviously, sure. the big pass play, you know, early on, and then Pacheco fumbles right Ugh. after that, and then two you know, fumbles like in the, the red zone. I mean, yeah. each team had a fumble in the red zone going into score. Yeah, you know, those, those were huge. Obviously, I mean, those were absolutely huge. And like you said, the kicking game back and forth was was fantastic. It was, I mean, to be honest with you, the game itself to me was very similar to the halftime show. Started off really slow and boring and ended up on a high note. There you go. And I just realized I didn't even put the halftime show on this rundown. You did Or commercials for that. Well, no, you did. There's one. There's, There's one, one about the There's one. commercials. There's one. I was a little... Uh, I'll, I'll answer this question first. Okay. I don't think it was necessarily the best Super Bowl okay. ever, but I did. The fact that it went to overtime, there's only been two overtimes, that at least raises it in the way, you know, things played out in the end. You know, I, I it was, I, I think probably like you said, it was, it was one of the top five. We've been very fortunate 
that in recent years we've had a lot more competitive Super Bowls because True. you know there was there was that stretch you know, like 20 plus years ago where it was like it was just a blowout every, every year every single yeah. year it was awful like the games themselves were awful but the commercials were better the commercials the back. last couple years have oh the commercials were better back I, yeah. then Back yeah. in the day, they were bad. Like every right. commercial was like, "All right, man, this is hilarious! Like this I is know. great! It was so good!" And then they went, <laughs> and they're starting to get a little bit better. Like there were a few good ones. Uh, there this, were this year. We'll save that for yes. just a second. Okay, no, fair so the 49ers, of course, won the overtime coin toss. They took the ball first in overtime. Do you think it was the right decision to take the ball first? They are getting crucified. They are. They are getting absolutely crucified 24 hours later for electing to take the ball in overtime. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's ask Brent Smith. <laughs> the commercials and halftime show absolutely disappointing, similar to Kyle, oh, Kyle Shanahan. Brent, <laughs> Brent, Brent. I love just... the fact that he's all over Kyle Shanahan. Oh, today. just. Oh, yeah, if, 100%. If the 49ers want to get rid of Kyle Shanahan, I'll take him down there in Arlington. Seriously. Okay, so. <laughs> there are plenty of places that would gladly take Kyle Shanahan. That's right. Now, this is this is an issue, though. This this overtime thing sure. is an issue. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go no, ahead no. And, and tell me what you think about this. In the moment, <laughs> probably because I also, apparently, along with all of the 49ers, didn't know the new playoff overtime rules. Right. And so it made sense. Like in the I moment. texted you guys, like what Romo was saying about, Oh, you just go to the next quarter. And it's like, okay, apparently it does. It's just like, <laughs> it just makes no sense because right. yeah, absolutely. It makes no sense whatsoever. And it's I, a lot different than what we're used to. Like we are yes. very like the old overtime rules. It was a no brainer. You just, you win the coin toss. You're taking the ball because if you score, there's a good chance yeah. the game was going to be over. But it's yes. a lot different now. Right. I, I don't want to step on your next question, but I don't – there's a lot of things I don't understand about the – because I, I texted you back when you were like, what is he talking about with it? It doesn't matter that it's the end of the quarter and, like, all these other things, but it's like right. you're guaranteed a full drive. And so I guess you get to go as long as it takes right. to get your second drive. And if it goes into the second overtime, I guess, then it doesn't matter. Like, I, it made – it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like I understand why they did it, but then the application of it didn't make a whole lot of sense. If that, if that at all, even we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I was reading, there's a really great story. If you go to theringer.com. Okay. Really great story about this. One of the reporters wrote a whole, talked to the players on both sides about, you know, like what kind of, the you know, the thinking in that situation. The Chiefs apparently, and now look, Andy Reid used to be known as the anti-game management guy, right? Like he would, he was botching clock management and all these different things. The Chiefs apparently practiced this scenario in their lead up to the Super Bowl. Like if, if overtime happens, this is what we're going to do. This is why we want to do it. Chris Jones, the defensive lineman, who I, I think there was actually a, a case for MVP in that game based on the way he played, especially late in the game. But that's another, you know, for another day. But he said afterwards that the Chiefs knew they wanted to play defense first if they won the coin toss because they looked at their analytics and that's, you know, what they wanted to do. Multiple San Francisco players said they only learned the overtime rules, these new rules, by looking up at the Jumbotron because they put them up there, you know, like in between as they're getting ready for overtime. Shanahan's analytics said that they wanted to have the ball third, which is a situation you are not guaranteed, you know, no one's guaranteed, like the third possession of overtime. So like you're thinking about the third possession of overtime rather than the first and second when, you know, the second one's no, not I got to two. guaranteed. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So like, He's preparing for a situation that you're not guaranteed and obviously didn't happen. And just, I mean, basically what it comes down to is because of these new rules that the NFL now has for their overtime, I'm not saying it's identical, but they're like, they're much more similar to college football. Whereas, you know, like the biggest similarity is if you get the ball second, you know what the other team has done. And so now you know what you need to do. Like the Chiefs faced fourth and one in their own territory. If they have the ball first, they're probably going to punt in that situation because they're back around their own 35. But you're down by three points. You've got to go for it. So, right. like, you know what you need to do if you've got the ball second based on, you know, what mm-hmm. the team did first. And, you know, for that reason alone, that's why Shanahan should have kicked. You know, I yeah. know there's a talk about. <laughs> Well, their defense was tired. Well, the Chiefs' was, defense was tired as well. You know, so it's like everyone's tired. It's the end of, sure. you know, a, a football game, and it's the Super Bowl, and I think you burn more energy and all that different stuff. But, you know, again, it's like it, that's the similarity to me with with college football now is like yeah. with these new rules it basically is like college. The team now. that goes, the team that goes second knows what they need to do. Right. And, yes. You know, and again, that benefited the Chiefs knowing what they needed to do. They knew that the 49ers had a field goal and they knew that they had to at least match that field goal or the game was going to be over. Like the 49ers could have won that Super Bowl if they stopped Mahomes on fourth and one. But 
Mahomes made plays, you know. I, I, I get that Shanahan wants the ball in the third possession because then it's whatever score wins the game. Like, I get that. Right. But you're but not you guaranteed get to get there. Yeah, you're not guaranteed to get to that spot. I mean, that's that's the whole thing, right? And so the first part of overtime is exactly like college. And you always make the other team, if you have a choice, take the ball first so that you know what you're up against. I mean, it's not that complicated. And yeah. so I didn't think of it in the moment because I hadn't processed what these new rules were, to be honest with you. Like in the moment, it didn't. I didn't care. Like it's fine. Hey, take the ball. Makes I felt sense. like I felt like they actually could have explained them. Like that's right. something that that you know, like Romo and Nance, and even what's his name, Gene Steratore, since he is the rules analyst. Like they could have done a better job in that in between regulation and overtime of explaining exactly what it was going yeah. to be. Because you know, again, right before the 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 Chiefs scored that game winning touchdown, Romo was like. Well, here's why no one's, you know, here's why you don't have to be worried that they're not calling timeouts because it's just going to roll right into the next quarter. And I actually yeah. was re-watching some of the game today, and the official did say during the coin toss, we're basically starting a new game. Yeah, he you did know? say so that. Like, yep. Yeah. But again, they. But I didn't know what that meant when he said that. I didn't that. either. I didn't <laughs> either. And that's why I was confused when Romo said that. I'm like, what's he talking about? Right. Don't you have to, like. Yeah, but you're like you said, you're guaranteed your full possession. Yeah. Which takes me to the next question. Why do we even have a clock if that's exactly. the case in overtime? Why do we even need a clock? You know, again, like college football, you don't have a clock for the overtimes. You just have downs. Yeah. Which is what they should have had. There's yeah. no reason for a clock. None. You need so, a play clock and downs. That's all you need, right? Like if they would have gotten, and I don't even know the answer to this question, so it's kind of hypothetical, and I don't know that you know either. But like, let's say they go to the second quarter and Casey kicks a field goal, right? And so now they're going back and forth and, and it's next score wins and all that. So they get to the end of the next quarter. Do they get to the two-minute warning as well? Like, is it is it like a half of football? And then do you get another halftime? And they, they call up to like Taylor Swift's booth and like, hey, can you do a couple <laughs> songs for us? Like, what? I, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I'm kind of serious. Like, what happens if you get to quote unquote halftime of the new game. We had a whole lot of, we had a whole lot of time. I don't in- know the answer to that question, <laughs> but I do feel like with all this Taylor Swift outrage, like if she would have brought Blake lively with her more often, this okay. year, maybe less outrage, right? hundred percent. hundred made a lot of people happy. I think bring Blake lively. Yeah. Keep that other gal away, but you can bring Blake lively anytime. Anytime. By the way, did you know what an ice spice was before or who? Sure did. I I found it out. My kids knew who that was. Uh, Yeah. My daughters. And I was like, I don't know. My wife thought it was one of the Spice Girls from back (laughs) in the day. Don't think. I think the Spice Girls are old enough to be her mom at this point. (laughs) Wasn't there a commercial? Yeah. There was a commercial with uh, Beckham and his wife, who was a Spice Girl. There and was. it was it was the whole you have to forget something to remember something, and they were trying to remember what group she was in. Like, uh-huh. That was funny. Like that was actually funny. But there were a lot of commercials where you had to like know some sort of a backstory first to understand the joke. You know what I mean? Like that right. was. I like those. They're kind of smarter commercials. Like I kind of dug some of those. Anyway, Corey says CBS showed Taylor fourteen times from start to finish. Oh. You know what was like funny? Two or three seconds. As I was each. sitting there, and 
you know, the big pass play to McCole Hardman that was right before the you know the Pacheco yep. fumble. Yeah. They're like that pa- like they caught it or he caught it and he's tackled and I was like I was sitting there and I said, "Ooh, I said get ready because they're probably going to before I can even get it out of my mouth." Yep. Boom, cut to Taylor Swift going crazy. Oh, yeah. And the, I said, they're looking for a reason at this point to cut over there. Oh, they they yeah. Hadn't, that was the first time they cut over there. Because Kelsey had one catch for, for a yard. Right. And they were only going to show her if he did something, right? And so they had plenty of opportunities in the second half, but only once in the first half. And so, of course, they go the, – I mean, obviously, the best part of that whole thing was what Blake Lively said when, when, when he caught the ball, which was awesome. Uh, but anyway – yeah, that was uh it was very interesting. The whole thing. I mean, if they showed her 14 times, it was more it was no more than like a second or two each time. So right. you're you're talking about less than a minute of her, except for when you know after the game was over and you got to see him kissing and everything else. But like during the game, less than a minute, cool, man. Like I don't doesn't bother me. Did you kind of like when they brought Travis Kelsey up there on the stage. Why? Kind of like why? Wh- why? It's like it's obvious, right? Because I they know. wanted a reason. I know to do more Taylor Swift. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Literally, I think Jim Nance wanted, you know, Kelsey. You know, it's like, oh, but you got to fight for your. Like he, yeah. he's like, oh, he totally him, nudged him right. And yeah, dude, his Viva Las Vegas and all. Oh, that kind of I don't stuff. think he was expecting the Viva Las Vegas, and that was a little much. It was a little long. Right. Like, he didn't need to do the whole verse. But uh, yeah, he definitely wanted him to fight for the right. I mean, he's like, he almost, I think he almost actually gave him a nudge, like with his arm. He's like, hey, you got to fight for your right, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had no business being up there. None yeah, whatsoever. Fill in the blank. Tony Romo's Super Bowl performance for CBS was blank. It was fine. It was fine. I had no problem with it. People are, are, outraged by Tony Romo. Some people in the chat as well are like outraged with how he did. I had no problem with it. I think somebody said something along the lines of like, stop trying to predict or tell them what to do. Like that's his job. That's what you're supposed to do. That literally the play-by-play guy goes, Tony, what do you think they should do here? That's your job. Like don't tell them not to do something. I mean, if Vance is going to ask him, then then he's got to answer that question. He was I mean, fine. You know, that's, yeah. I thought he did really good. You know, yeah. like based on some other games like that he's had during the season, I thought he was actually pretty exceptional. And, you know, yeah. look, you know, it's like, I think he's become an analyst who just, just like when he was a quarterback, if you want to criticize him, you're going to find reasons to criticize him. You know, and there are a couple of sports media guys who cover this stuff. I read their columns this morning and they're picking Romo apart with stuff like, well, it was a defensive game. He could have done a better job explaining why the defenses were so effective and that kind of stuff. And my counter would be, well, it's the Super Bowl. Like how deep do we need to go with that kind of diagnosis? Because a typical national broadcast is like 15 to 20 million. And this had at least 115 million watching last night. Right. So you've, you know, like you've got a lot more people, you got four to five times more people watching than a typical broadcast right. which means what casual fans yes. are watching so you don't need to go with that deep kind of stuff like i thought he did a good job you know and like brent's been talking about the 49ers stopped running the football like 
Romo was talking about they need to get Usec use check out there on the field. They need that 21 personnel, get get running the football. And they were yeah. their offense was more effective when they did that. You know, like I felt like he was prepared. He wasn't just, you know, like off the cuff, just you know, spewing <laughs> some nonsense like he is known to do a lot of times. You know, like on the McCole Hardman, the game-winning touchdown, they went right away and they showed exactly why it yeah. worked and how it worked in the whole thing. I, I thought he did a good job. You know, was he perfect? No, but I don't think any analyst is. And again, no. I, I just feel like I feel like people are looking for reasons to pick him apart more so than than your typical analyst. I, I was kind of listening. Obviously, I was at my house. I'm watching the game. I'm listening to Tony Romo because of all the hubbub about him and I'm I'm trying to come up with why people would be upset with what he's doing. And I will say that in general I don't get hot and bothered about announcers like some people do, but I didn't hear anything that like bothered me. There was nothing that he did that I was I like why, why are you talking about that? Look, what what look, like I know I'm you know I'm the Cowboys fan and you're going to say oh, Cowboys and you know you just because you look there are things that he is sad especially over the course of a season that like just get annoying and you know you kind of scratch your head sometimes but you know again it's the super bowl so you're kind of holding the microscope up a little bit more i just i felt like he did a really good job you know and like you know he he talked you know again like if you're if people are going to say well he wasn't explaining the defenses enough like he talked to cut like when when Purdy called the timeout or when he didn't call the timeout with like what the Chiefs were doing yeah. with the safeties and you know the other way around. Talks you know, about like, that stuff a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, so, oh look, here, you know, uh there was there was one part where he talked about, oh, he sees the blitz coming and he's checking right. and the blitz came from the backside and they ran to the left. Like he was calling what the defense was doing. I mean, that's that's his job. I mean, I, look, why did he get the big payday? Like, you know, he was in there. And he was predicting what the teams were going to do, right? I mean, that's why he got the big payday because it was very impressive what he was able to do. Yeah. Don't take that off of his plate. He became very popular good at. by doing it. Personally, right. I think he, I've said this before. He needs to go back to doing it more. Yes. But I don't think I don't think the networks want your the you know the CBS brass wants him. Excuse me, doing that. So, which I don't understand. Like they, he's kind of showing how smart he is and. Predict, you know, telling people what's going on. I, I I have no problem with that whatsoever. And part of an, an analyst job, and, and you can talk about it in baseball, how often are you listening to a baseball broadcast where the play-by-play guy asks the color guy, hey, Jim, what do you throw here? Or, hey, Johnny, do you steal here? Like, you ask the color guy to predict what's going to happen. Right. That's his job description. How can you be upset with that? That's exactly what you're supposed to do. So personally, I think some play-by-play guys can use that as a, you know, too much of a crutch by constantly putting the analyst on the spot for like, what do you do here? Sure. You know, know, like that kind of thing. But I don't think Nance does it too much. You know, like you said, he did it a a couple times last night. I think some, I think some play-by-play guys, you know, like I said, use that as a crutch. It happens more like baseball because there's more time to talk. You right. know, I mean, you've got to talk more in baseball. So, I mean, it happens more in baseball. So, it's just an example. But, like, it is kind of your job to think what's going to happen. That is your job. Yeah. TD4ND said, did anyone notice 49ers player wearing a tail? I did not. Was that Juszczyk that was doing that? Or was it one of the what? linebackers, maybe? Like, during the game? It was, like, a big red 
tail, you know, like sticking out of the back of his pants. I couldn't figure out what exactly nope. that was about. Definitely didn't see that. <laughs> I did notice. I noticed it on the sideline. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All righty. It was interesting. By the way, Brent, I did, you know, like with the whole, like, um, uh, what was his name? The linebacker. I can't think of the linebacker's name now. Warner, the guy that got hurt, uh, it was like um, Greenlee or something along those lines. Greenlaw, 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 yeah, okay. Greg Greenlaw. Yeah, that was that's tough. that sucks. Like to see that, and especially, Man. and that's that's like case in point when people talk about, oh, it's on the strength coach, you know, to get like to prevent There's these nothing injuries. you can. Do that is just that. proof that those things are just going to happen sometimes. Like, I mean, to, to, was... to literally just start to run on the field, yeah, Achilles goes, you know, like that's just dumb luck. It's just dumb luck. All, yeah. I mean, all there is to it, especially yeah. in the Super Bowl. I mean, he's just running off the sideline. Yeah, I like the 49ers linebackers. I will give you that, Brent. Oh, yeah. I, wish, I uh, yeah. One, they both seem like pretty good guys, Greenlaw and Fred Warner. And two, they're I both like really Warner. good. And I wish yeah. that I had, you know, they're the kind of guys that I <laughs> sure. wish were on my team, you know. So I will Warner's, give you that. Warner's really good. I mean, yeah. he's really good. He is. I, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Yep. Ditto. So what was your favorite Super Bowl commercial? Vince? This one's pr pretty easy. I mean, there there were some good ones. Like I said, there there were like I, some underrated commercials. Like, for example, an underrated one was uh, they were doing a promo for the, uh, the new Ryan Reynolds movie, If. And they had, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he, he was pretending to be John Krasinski. He's like, I'm John Krasinski. Oh, yeah. I'm the director of If. Right. Well, you, you've got to know that back on The Office, they played a prank on Dwight where he came in and he's pretending to be the the John Krasansky character. Uh -huh. And I mean, it's a hilarious bit. I'm sure you've seen it. But like if you didn't watch The Office, you have no idea what that commercial was referencing. You know what I right. mean? Right. So. Like, I thought that was hilarious. Like, that was really, really, really funny. I, I love that bit. He's like, he's like, but you're Asian. He's like, you never noticed before. <laughs> Congratulations for not seeing race. Like, right. that's just hilarious. But anyway, um, <clears throat> my favorite one by far was the Dunkings. Yes. Uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. Oh, my Humbley. God. And, and Matt Damon just absolutely sold it and knocked it out of the park. Like it was a good commercial with Tom Brady and the, like the whole and like and, and she's just like, oh my god, like what is happening? And he's, he's like, like, Tom, you can stay. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. And and the last part where he's like, remember how I told you I'd do anything for you? This was anything. Like, right. <laughs> like that was fantastic. It was hilarious. So late. So during the game, at some point, I was on social media, and they showed it was like a behind the scenes. You know, like they were out on the the back lot, and they had like okay. this big. It was like a donut that was like a target. You know, and they were trying to throw footballs at it. Okay. And so Affleck tries, and it was like they were seriously. You know, like they were standing. You know, however many feet away, and they're all trying to throw it. You know, like through the big hole in the middle of this metal. <laughs> donut that was up against a wall and Affleck is literally like he's never thrown like he wasn't he wasn't playing it out he was just like sailing balls he wasn't oh, coming yeah. close Damon steps up and he's at least you know like hitting the donut thing he's in the neighborhood yeah. it's not going through the hole really but he's hitting he's yeah. hitting you know the outside <laughs> part of the target Brady steps up and it's like <laughs> right through the middle with of everyone did. of course it did
Yeah. But I guess they're uh, they're selling those warm-up suits. Yes, they went on sale today. today at noon. Yeah. So those are some pretty loud warm-ups. Um, I don't know. I think they were like 60 bucks a pop, something like that. It's actually not a bad price. I mean, I don't know that I'd wear one, but it's not a bad saying. price. <laughs> there, there was a running gag when we first started doing shows that like the IB crew were going to get like warm-ups and they were all, they would all match. And we would like walk into the walk into Notre Dame Stadium on game day with like all the with like the old school like, like the, warm up like the Alley G look or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a running gag for a long time, uh, but yeah, that was uh, that that was a great commercial. I mean they they nailed every part of it. You yeah. know you 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 had to know they were all from Boston, like just all of it the cameos the the fact that they were dressed ridiculously all of it it was all fantastic i thought the uh christopher walken commercial i got some good chuckles at it. when everyone liked that he was like coming in they were doing christopher walken impersonations i bet he, I bet he gets that a lot oh he's got to everybody <laughs> thinks they can do christopher walken right like right. everybody thinks they can do it and so i bet i bet you that was based in reality <laughs> you know what i mean and he's just like rolling his eyes and like yeah okay hey. you know it's a nice little check to cash, too, if you're Christopher Walker. You're not wrong there. I'll take the cash. <laughs> Sportsman Philly 22 says he really likes Romo, even though he hates the Cowboys. Find him See? excellent. Overall. There you go. See? And I'm not a huge – I'm not a Cowboys fan by any stretch of the imagination. But, like, right. I thought he did a good job. I had no problem with him whatsoever. I didn't either. You have young kids. Did you guys – did they watch any of the Nick – broadcast that they did with the they did the first ever Super Bowl Nickelodeon yeah. broadcast there have been some playoff games the last couple of years but they did the uh Noah Eagle and Nate Burleson did the Nickelodeon did you watch any of that didn't watch a second of it uh it was so my kids are actually almost too old for that kind of stuff at this point so well, I thought maybe your youngest was still yeah he's just been like he's so anti-sports it just makes okay me cry myself you just to sleep most of the time that's that's why you're supposed uh, to show them the Nickelodeon broadcast know, you know like know. get their interest in it yeah I Jesse said he watched an entire quarter of it if that tells you something and he thought it was good really so yeah did I miss that text last I, night I think it was in the group text yeah okay I never jumped over I never jumped over to it I I don't know. Like I watched the Toy Story one that they did, you know, a few months ago, like that kind of a thing, which I thought mm-hmm. was kind of a cool little deal. And actually, I, if I remember correctly, that was the only way to watch that particular game because it was on a network I didn't get. So I had to watch the Toy Story version. But um, I, I like the fact that they're trying to appeal to younger viewers. I think that's actually pretty cool. I watched some of the replay like on Twitter and stuff like that. And it was kind it. of funny seeing annoying. the uh i mean i wouldn't want to watch it obviously like right. you know if i'm watching the game that way but if i had right. kids you know like but it was funny after the game winning touchdown when you know like the slime shoots out and like the whole end zone was covered in the green slime i did see that you know that was okay that was you know there's a little bit much with that stuff but yeah it is but and they were i guess they like showed celebrities and they turned them into like cartoon characters and like all this other stuff so yeah you know, I, I get where they're coming from. I like it. It's just not for me. No. So again, I mean, you've got at least a kid in the demographic. Yes. Well, so if he's not yes. gonna watch it, then I, I have don't a kid. You in, uh, yes. But the other three, four, the three in the middle were all wanting to see Taylor Swift. That's all they cared about. 
There you, you go. Know what I mean, and so and that's that's that why you had be 14, on the other one. That's why you had fourteen cutaways, right? Hundred percent. And, I, and, and it was my responsibility to let them know when she anytime was about to come on. Do you have to pause it? <laughs> I was like, I go. You might want to pay attention. We're going to be over here. Tell me when Taylor Swift comes up. (laughs) It's probably coming because, you know, Kelsey would make a catch or, Uh you know, something like that. And they would get their two seconds of Taylor Swift, you know. So, my, I mean, my daughter's made – they made bracelets, you know, the whole thing. She she made herself like uh, Travis Kelsey bracelet, Chiefs, you know, the whole deal. Like, I think this whole thing – this is my theory. And, again, guys, gals – we're not going to get too hung up on it, but it it happened, so we're going to address it. Sure. Right? It is it has become a phenomenon this year because she is one of the most famous people yeah. in the world, whether you like it or not. It's <laughs> um, facts. And, yeah. and she is at the games. I think that the NFL has been doing this because, you know, there was a lot of joking about, well, Usher is the halftime act. I think at some right. point in the future, they are we grooming? Are really we grooming? Like to have Taylor yeah. Swift, and they've they've kind of – They've kind of shown Taylor Swift just how much, how many eyeballs, sure. you know, are uh, are are on an NFL broadcast. When you think about, you know, everything that's, you know, and again, I think that sometimes she hasn't necessarily liked the attention that's come along with it when she's over there. I don't think she minded at all when she had her celebrity friends and everybody else with her, you know, during the Super hey. Bowl. But if she's going to do the halftime show, I hope the Chiefs are not in the Super Bowl so that. Yeah. Travis has to come and watch from the luxury box and then they can pan over to him during the show. Right. It's a reversal of those roles at the Super Bowl. But uh, I was only half kidding if they would have made it to a second halftime. Like, what do you do? You going to call Reba out? You know, do some (laughs) singing? Are you going to like, what's the plan? What's the plan here? Bring Post Malone out, I guess. (laughs) I I mean, there was a lot of singers there. Like, there's a lot of things they could have done. That would have been great. So Jim Nance made a plea during the broadcast for Brent Musburger to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Dan Patrick did it last week when he had Musburger on his show in Vegas as well. Do you buy or sell Brent Musburger in the Hall of Fame? It's a huge buy for me. It's a huge buy. I I love Brent Musburger. I think if you are – and he's iconic, right? You're looking live. I mean, not not only do you know exactly who's doing the game as soon as you turn it on because of that line, but – He's made it into cartoons, like he was in the Cars movie because of it. You know, he, you know, so he transcends the sport even. Yeah. Because he kind of, you know, jumped over into different things. Like he absolutely belongs in the Hall of Fame. No doubt about it. It's a huge buy for me. 100%. 100%. And like, again, I I told you that at the start of the show, I recorded that thing. You know, they, they were showing. How the, the you know CB the NFL today on CBS how that started I believe it was in 1975 they said he is the godfather of the NFL pregame show like look at what pregame shows are now for I mean not just NFL obviously but every sport like that's what that's what you did you know like for, for a long time that was the show that you watched it was the first show of its kind and you know sure. like I said I recorded that and I watched it last night. And it was just really, and Jane Kennedy was was the one who replaced Phyllis George for a little bit, and then they brought back Phyllis George. But you know, again, Irv Cross and Jimmy the Greek, and like total nostalgia for one, you know, because it was it was literally the show that I watched every Sunday before the games sure. started because you didn't have any other shows right like it. And I mean, 
his career, you know, he's still doing, you know, like his, his, um, you know, sports wagering shows and things like that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I I don't think that he's broadcasting, you know, like games anymore, but his career spanned forever. And like, he is one of the originals there. There are so many people who are working in the business today because they grew up watching Brent Musburger. And, you know, there are places in these halls of fame for the voices and like, he is one of the iconic voices of the NFL and really, I think you could say football in general because he oh, did yeah. college football for so long as well. But, you know, broadcasters like him are a huge part of the lineage and the history of their sports. And they connect, people connect to these sports because, you know, like they're watching at homes at home. And he's one of these people who connects the fans yeah. to the sport, you know. And again, like this was the original NFL pregame show and he was the host of it he was the centerpiece of it and he absolutely belongs in the hall of fame i can't believe that he's not already right brent mustang burger that was his character (laughs) in cars brent mustang burger that's right thanks for the super chat bill he wants george Strait, hardy i'm not sure who hardy is i only know who luke combs is because of you know like the recent uh, fast car thing uh but he says how hard is that apparently that's what he wants for a halftime show and you know they if you've noticed they've gone a lot more um you know r&b type you know like that kind of stuff because again it's like the demographic that they're going after they've gone much more in that direction i don't see them ever we had the conversation last night my wife went well they had aerosmith on before and i said uh, honey, that was literally back. 20 years ago. Yeah, because it was, I mean, honestly, that halftime show, was it was it was Aerosmith, Britney Spears, and NSYNC. Right. Like, that was a great show. Like, I it enjoyed that show. It was literally 20 years ago, though. Was it really? So, Gosh. Yeah. Oh, man. I know. But, I like, that was a show I really enjoyed, to be honest yeah. with you. I tell you what, I watched, uh, I think it was yesterday, it was some, you know, someone was tweeting it, like, the uh, the Prince Oh yeah, I hadn't seen that in a long time, and that and Michael Jackson—he's just so good, man. Michael Michael Jackson's was pretty good. Yeah, where they were shooting out of the uh, yeah out of the jumbotrons. There was like four of them around the whole stadium, and it was obviously wasn't him, but it was like you know guys jump like those were awesome. The best one have you seen? Um, I guess like the you know like the halftime artist does like the day before does a a press conference before the Super Bowl. Have you seen Prince's press conference? I don't think so. He came out. They had the full band up on stage. And instead of answering questions, he like broke into Johnny Be Good. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was That's awesome. It was. I mean, that that like could have been the halftime performance itself right there. Like this. 100%. He did Johnny Be Good at that press conference. It, that was awesome, too. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, Google that if you like. Look it up. Right, well, I'll have Prince, to do that. Yeah. Prince Johnny Be Good Super Bowl press conference, whatever you know, yeah. brings it up. Fill in the blank. Notre Dame women's basketball's double overtime win over Florida State was blank. It was awesome. I mean, it was nerve wracking, but it was awesome. I, I I can't tell you how much I enjoyed it. I mean, it, you know, and Notre Dame had the last shot. I think three different times. End of regulation end of uh first overtime and the end of the second overtime and of course end of the second overtime they end up shooting free throws 
Right. So I guess they really didn't have the last shot, but they were able to go up and, you know, the whole deal. But, um, I mean, it was a great game. I, I and, and Notre Dame just battled, man. You and I were talking about it before we went on the air. It was unbelievable how many threes that the opposition was hitting just nonstop. Like, and, and I, I leaned over and I, I said, I was texting with some people. I was like, there's no way that they're going to be able to sustain the <laughs> shooting that they're doing. Like Notre Dame just has to kind of hang in there. Right. And just kind of just suffer the barrage. But like, they didn't cool off a whole lot. They cooled off some, but they didn't cool off a whole lot. And Notre Dame was able to fight and claw and do everything they could uh, to get back in this thing and ended up winning it. I mean, that was a hell of a game. And I, like I said, the fact that it led up into the Super Bowl just made that day even better too. Like just the placement of it. And that was the amazing thing that they could withstand that, you know, because like, oh, game started off. They got in a 10 point hole there pretty quickly. Neil Ivey called a timeout and it was like, you know, whatever you right they talked there. about. You were right. Okay. Could you hear them like in their huddle? I mean, you were I wish right that I could. I need, to, I need to like set a microphone over there so I can <laughs> you were, start. John Styers made a couple stuff. of uh, cameos every time they showed Neil Ivey. So, oh, really? Well, really that's like that green, because... that green pullover you had. Because, because like, nice. did you see me, you know, like doing these and this, <laughs> this to look so, around I, so, I could, so I could look around her to see what was going on? It was one of those games. <laughs> yeah, I can see how that could be a problem for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're right. I did wear I did wear the green. It, it stood out with everybody else wearing pink, I guess. It did. Yesterday. It did. Yeah. Uh, but you're looking good. And, you know, it was, um, oh, gosh, what is her name? Uh, the new girl, number 13. Um, DeWolf. DeWolf, man. And wow. DeWolf. She yeah. was on fire too. Like every time they needed a big bucket, she came through, man. I, I was very impressed because like the game prior, she couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. <laughs> you know, and that happens when, you know, in basketball, like sometimes you're hot, sometimes you're not, but like she was on fire. And I, you know, I'll ask, I'm going to ask you this. Why did they take her out for like the last few minutes of regulation? They could have used her sharp shooting in there, man. I'm trying to remember what it looked like at the end of regulation. That's a good because they pulled her question. out because she's a really like good free minutes. throw shooter too. And I can't remember, yeah. like I can't remember what the substitutions looked like. Okay, that's I, I'm putting you on the spot there, but it's like it seemed odd that she was out at that time. You know what I mean? Well, and the thing with her and I, Sherelle Allen is the assistant because what what they do. There's an, a different assistant coach puts together the scouting report sure. for the opponent that they're playing for every game. And so then the way it works out is for our post-game interviews, whichever assistant does the scouting report is the coach that comes out oh. and does the post-game interview with me. So Makes yesterday sense. it was Sherelle Allen. We, and we were talking about DeWolf, and she just basically said, you know, look, she just needed to shoot more. And that's like when you look at it, I went back and, and looked – she averages like six, seven shots per game. She took 18 shots. I was going to say, not yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> now, granted, granted, it's an overtime game, so there were going to be a few more. But still, like even if yeah. you're talking about 14, you know, 13, 14, right. that's still double six or seven. Sure. And I think that, you know, you could – there have been times in this stretch where she has been shooting less where she was just turning down shots. She didn't look yeah. like maybe she was overly confident. And it okay. just looked like, you know, and look – you know, I know, you know, people have said, oh, are they too one-dimensional? Is it too reliant on Hidalgo and all this kind of stuff? Well, one, you that was not a one-dimensional offense that they had right. yesterday. You, I mean, Matty Westfeld, you know, another, you know, monster double-double game that, that 
that she had with points and rebounds and Sonia Citron with another game. You know, obviously those three, when they get clicking, that's when the offense is at its best. But you get, you don't, you know, you don't even have to have what you, what you got from Anna DeWolf yesterday. You at least need the threat of that, that three point presence. And that's why they, that's why they brought her in from Fordham because she can do that. And, you know, like any shooter, she's a streak shooter, and that's something Neil Ivy and I talked about before the game because they didn't have a good game against Louisville. Right. And her whole thing was like, look, just keep shooting, just keep yeah. shooting. And it sounds like, especially with DeWolf, they made a constant, you know, concerted effort. Yeah. You need to shoot the ball. And look, when she can be even close to that kind of factor in the game, because she hit six three-pointers yeah. yesterday and ended up with 24 points, which is a season high, you know, and on – it's on a career high, I think. Yeah. And look, the biggest shot of the game to me was you talked about Florida State's three pointers. They had just hit one to go up 88 to 85. They come down. Notre yep. Dame misses a shot. They find DeWolf over on the wing. Bang. She knocks yeah. down her six three pointer and ties the game at 88. Like to me, that was oh. the shot of the game. And that was huge. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I remember that. I was like, because I, I when they hit that three, I was like, oh, that felt like it felt like the nail in the coffin because it was right towards the end. There wasn't a whole lot of time left on the clock. It was like, man. And then she goes down there and just bangs that shot. It was like, oh, I, I, you know me. I was like, yeah, you know, I, I got excited when when she hit that shot. Like that was that was awesome. I like scared my daughter. She was like doing something <laughs> else, and I was like, yeah, all right. And and. Yeah, that, you're absolutely right. That was a money shot, a money shot at crunch time. Yeah, and look, they needed it because there oh, was yeah. there, there was one of the assistants that I saw, you know, before the game, and I and I'm thinking, man, she looks a lot more nervous than usual. <laughs> and I said something to somebody else, and they were like, "Well, it's probably because we really need to win this game." <laughs> well, because you know, look, you look where yeah. the conference standings are in the whole thing. Sure. NC State is ranked sixth in the nation. That's who they play Thursday. They still play Virginia Tech. They still play Louisville. You know, like the schedule is not getting any tougher, and the top four teams get a double bye. And right now, they were in sixth place yesterday. Now they're in Mm. fifth place. So they've still got a chance to move up, but you probably were not going to get there if you lose that game yesterday. So they really needed it. They got it, even if it took double overtime. And look, this was their sixth road game in the last three weeks. And, and two of those road games were UConn and Louisville. So this has not been an easy stretch by any means. So to it's go true. on the road, they didn't have a shoot around. Yeah, they got right. to the arena earlier than usual. So they could get, you know, like a little bit extra shooting in the building. And Florida State has been ranked most of the season. They just got knocked out because they, you know, they lost a, a close game. So it's like, to do, you know, with with all of that and to go to double overtime and to just keep plugging away was just yeah. a huge win for them. It was awesome. It they was really awesome. needed it. Yeah. And, I, you know, like I saw some comments about the post play, and I've heard that before. And, I mean, would they like to get more scoring out of their posts? Yes. But I'll tell you what. Kylie Watson and Nat Marshall are not taking time off at the defensive end. You know, regardless of what they're doing, at the offensive end of the floor, especially Watson. She plays her butt off at the defensive end. And that do you do you remember the end of the game when they inbounded? I know Hidalgo ended up with, with the breakaway, but you know who but caused it? She's the that? one that tipped it. Was, it. it was Kylie Watson who yeah. tipped it to her. Yes, 100%. That's exactly yeah. right. So 100%. They, they all play their butts off, and that was just a great 
to be able to go on the road and get that yeah. kind of win yesterday. It's my daughter's favorite player. It's Kylie Watson. She does the she does the dirty work, man. There you go. And that's that's what she loves. So yeah, it's awesome. Yep. Decaf asks when Prosper will be back. You know, I'll just I'm not counting on it at this mm. point. So it's just one of those things. You know, again, like there's no official word or anything like that, but I'm not counting on it. Unfortunately, yeah. what did what did she so, injure? I, I don't. Even, I'm not even sure about that. Um, upper body, I lower body. It's officially, I don't know. a lower, just a lower okay. body gotcha. injury. Yeah, because you know, because like she's been in the walking boot and that okay. kind of stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, I think I think pretty much right now, counting on what they've got. Excuse me, is what they're going to have. You know, that Makes kind sense. of thing. So. Michael was asking earlier who's coming back. I mean, I've kind of, you know, like, I don't know. I think it's all kind of, it's going to be wait and see. The only one who is out of eligibility is DeWolf. Okay. Um, That's a shame. So, yeah. So, everyone else has got at least some eligibility. You know, the seniors and, like, Maddie Westbelt has eligibility left. Nat Marshall has eligibility. They all have eligibility. Man. Because they've still got... Like, like final COVID year. Yeah, type sure. Things. So Man, if they could bring everybody back, that and yeah. then you add, you know, Cass Prosper back to the mix. You add Olivia Miles back to the mix if they all come back. Like, it'd be a force, man. That could be a. They're gonna have to learn how to play with each other, but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and that'll be that'll be part of the challenge. I've been for but, sure. You know, if Olivia had been healthy this year, that was going to be part of the challenge as well, yeah. and it would look a little bit different than it what would. we've seen. No, it totally would. And that is kind of curious to, you know, I'm just like anxious to see, like not, not anxious, but curious to see what that yeah. does look like. Absolutely. When they've got both of them. Two great point guards. Right. Like got, and two different kind of point guards. Yes. As and well. you can run two point guards, but it has to be done carefully to be yes. successful. Yep. Fill in the blank. The Notre Dame men beating Virginia Tech Saturday was blank. Surprising, but it was a great team win. I, I really enjoyed. It. I remember we, like I said, I went with my daughter, and we're sitting there before you know during pregame, and and I said, look, I said this is kind of being upset if Notre Dame wins this game. You know, you, you know Virginia Tech's higher than them in the standings, you know, and all this stuff, and and they got down. They were, I think, they were down double digits, and it's like, oh man, okay, here we go again. But man, th- this team. Is fun to watch. Now it is frustrating sometimes, obviously, when the final buzzer sounds and they're on the losing end. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> they play, I, I love how they play defense. And they just, you know, offensively, usually it's the Marcus Burton show. And sometimes he tries to force it and and you know turns the ball over and things like that. And, you know, but sometimes he sets up his teammates and they just miss. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but bottom line, they just miss. And so they were hitting, they were hitting. I think, I think, uh, Braden Shrewsbury is kind of coming into his own a little bit. He's, he's getting a little bit more selective with his shots. And so more going down, you know, I think the bigs are getting a little bit better. I mean, they're, they're, they are incrementally getting better, but Micah Shrewsbury, man, he must lose about five pounds a game. He coaches these guys hard. <laughs> I know. And it is, I, I mean, I do enjoy watching him. He he doesn't take any crap from these kids, and they screw up. They're on the bench. And I love that. I love it. Like, hey, if you're not going to do it, you're going to sit with me. 
and you know he's quick on the trigger and and he does those things and um but it was a great win i mean this, this team needed it they were they were on a seven game losing streak well and that's what i didn't w. I, I hadn't realized that the losing streak had extended yeah. that long that it was and it's like man seven game they they absolutely needed it and yeah. you know look they they need a couple more guys who can score that's yes they they're do. not going to find that this year but they they needed to to have a win like that just you know yes. again like when you've lost seven yeah. in a row even though they're close it, losses like some of them were close that's right that's you right. know you just you need, need one yeah. every now and then to kind of keep you going and absolutely absolutely and i mean it's there are times where and I mean, you can attest to this even more than me, you know, where they're like very frustrating to watch because of the fact that they are so offensively challenged. Yep. But at the same time, you know, again, to see them buy into the fact that you you play at both ends of the floor and they keep playing at the defensive end of the floor, even when things aren't going yeah. right at the offensive end, that's that's there's there's it's like a light at the end of the tunnel yeah. kind of thing when exactly 100%. they'll get there i don't know but it's uh, it's very refreshing to see it and, is. and the fact that they were able to pull one out like that i think is huge for them if they can find one or two other scores it's going to take a ton of pressure off of of uh, marcus burton and when that happens watch what happens with marcus burton i'm i'm just going to tell you because i've seen him play on a team obviously in high school where he had supporting characters where teams would try to collapse on him and he dishes out for a three, and the kid hits it. I mean, and then they have to respect that, and then Marcus Burton just absolutely takes over. You know what right. I mean? And right now, he's their only offense, consistent offensive threat. And so teams are going to collapse on him, and they're going to make him turn the ball over, and they're going to make him make some, you know, questionable shot selection, you know, all of that kind of stuff, right? And when he has a better supporting cast, he hits more threes, he has better drives to the basket because right. the lane isn't as clogged. Like they just need to find some more offensive threats and he's going to explode. Yep. Michael was asking, I believe about the women's team. Will the new freshman play this season? Uh, what did he say? Can't remember her name. So, I'm, so I'm assuming you're talking about Emma Rich and she has a hip injury that has been, Report. She is she is done for the rest of the season, unfortunately. And she was another one that, you know, that they that they thought was you know that they brought in really good yeah. three point shooter in high school and stuff like that. But unfortunately, got suffered hit. that injury. Yeah, I mean, you've got gotcha. you got three really good players who haven't been able to play for the most True. you know for most of the season. So, Joe, appreciate it. He says, great show. What's the schedule for the week? No show on Wednesday because we're yep. gonna let you uh we're gonna let you do your Valentine's thing Wednesday, and we're gonna go do Valentine's stuff Wednesday night. But uh I'll have a game Thursday night. Jesse and Vince will have the mailbag show that yep. night, and we will have a Friday show <clears throat> as yes. well. Gotta have a Friday show. Yeah, so that's kind of what it looks like for the rest of the week. Oh, and we will have a show tomorrow. Ryan will be here, and again, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, recruiting aspect of the O'Leary move to the NFL. Get some get some thoughts from Ryan on what that is going to mean for Notre Dame from the yep. recruiting aspect. So, looking forward to that. Beautiful. 
DK said, if Dylan came home from college looking like Post Malone, how would you react? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not favorably is the uh, is the best way that I can put that. But I, I feel like. You know, if when Dylan goes away to college, it's not like he's going to go away for six months and I'm never going to see him because he's going to be playing and I'm going to be watching. So I will be going and seeing him on a regular basis, you know, that kind of thing. But your question still stands, DK. I would be extremely upset uh, if that was the case. Right. <laughs> Wednesday, Ash Wednesday as well. There's a oh. guy at the gym I go to younger than he looks like, like early <clears throat> 20s. Okay. Who has face tats. And it's mm. like, I just, the face tats, I don't get, man. Well, I mean, I mean, I've got, you know, I've got tats, but the face tats, that's complete. Yeah. You can, if you wanted to, you can cover yours up. Like, right. you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't want to pass judgment. It's just not for me. And yeah, I think my if there's any knows, face tat people watching. Right. That's, that's your prerogative. Yeah. It's just, just not for me. It's a lot. And <laughs> I, my son wants to go into a business where, he is going to have to show his face around, and that's and he, and he will and honestly right. and I and I and it just is what it is. He's gonna lo- he would lose respect in his profession if he shows up with that. Yeah. He knows. I'm sure he knows I mean, that. Like if I were a musician, maybe I'd do it right. too. But I'm not. You know. Right. <laughs> right. It is what it is, man. I just you know. I yeah, I would be disappointed. Michael's got a uh, granddaughter who likes Marshall and Hannah. I'm sure a lot of people. Mm, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. It's fair. Yep. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up with that. Good show tonight, Vince. Yes, hit, sir. Hit a lot as always. Ryan and Jesse will both be in tomorrow. We'll see what kind of trouble we can get into <laughs> at that point. Probably lots. Man, we've been here. We kind of went a little bit extra long tonight, didn't we? Hey, you know, give the people what they want. You know? All right, hit that like button. And, of of course, subscribe, rate, and review. And we will talk to you tomorrow on Ivy Nation Sports Talk.